Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rose, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class redneck dude. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of all the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at WrestlingTWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is... Wrestling Tuesday, Jonathan Hood with you. So glad that you're with us for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling TWT. Are you following along on Instagram? You should. Wrestling TWT on Twitter. Wrestling TWT. Also, our YouTube page, youtube.com, wherever you um, check out your YouTube videos, you should check out Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday and subscribe. We've got some new videos up there of shows that I've done, especially my show with Mark Henry I did on Busted Open. If you missed that, that is long form on the YouTube page. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hit that subscribe button. You're right in. Glad that you're with us. This is our special Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday because we talked to Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. We find out from Josh his thoughts about what happened in New Japan in Tokyo. Two great nights for Wrestle Kingdom 14. We'll review that show. Also, get ready for NXT UK taking place on Sunday in Blackpool. That's going to be a lot of fun to be able to see what NXT UK brings to the table. And of course, AEW emanating from South Haven, Mississippi, and NXT from Orlando, Florida. We'll review those shows as well. All part of the mix right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Let me uh, get a chance to talk to Josh. While we talk to Josh, go to Pro Wrestling Trans Descriptions.com, and we'll take a look at uh, what he has for you. If you have not been to that website, he does a great job reviewing and breaking down each one of these major shows that we watch on a regular basis, whether it's WWE, whether it's Impact Wrestling, whether it's NWA, Power, and everything else in between. So check it out, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Let's call Josh and get underway with this one. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, wherever you download your podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave five stars in a review right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. So joining us now is my friend Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Hello, Josh. God damn, pal. It's 2020 and Hoodie Lopez is back. Yes, yes it is. Uh, we're, we're back and better than ever, for sure, because we've got so much, as you texted me the other day, there's so much to talk about just to start off the year 2020. Uh, you know what? We're going to um, move away from America just for a second and look at Wrestle Kingdom 14, night one and night two. I, I just want to take my hat off to you if I was wearing a hat. Um all of the, the, the Pro Wrestling Transcriptions is lit, but definitely when you've got to follow and transcribe all of that action from Russell Kingdom, there's so much. First, there's two nights of action, but you thoroughly went through step by step. That had to be an arduous task for you because there's so much action in these matches. It's a very arduous task, especially when you're doing it live. There's not a lot of times throughout the year where I'll actually cover a particular pay-per-view live because 
it goes so fast. And even for a guy like me who can type fast, it's even hard for me to kind of like digest and intake some of these fast sequences that go on in certain matches. And no matter if it's an AEW show or New Japan or Ring of Honor, you know you're going to have matches on the show that's like signed the Hedgehog and you can't really like <laughs> get into the story because it's going so fast. And it's, it's, it's the art of repetition and kind of the, um, the stuff I put behind these articles over the last six years. This is my sixth Wrestle Kingdom that I transcribed. So I kind of got a flow of how these shows go. And it wasn't easy, man. Like, I, looking at the two nights at the Tokyo Dome and also New Year's Dash, they had the, on Monday, uh, collectively, it was 15 hours of wrestling wow. that I had to write down. And... It wasn't easy, but at the end of the day, I want to give credit to the performers in the ring and, more importantly, the commentary team, because without them, I would be lost. So, you know, I, I, it's been a lot of fun doing these transcripts, but without these performers and announcers, I'm not able to do this stuff off the top of my head at this not. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it really is uh, well done, because... Watching both nights of Wrestle Kingdom, and I had to obviously separate them. I could not sit down and watch them live. I had to kind of separate it and kind of get it all together. It was like a, it's like a long, you know, watching The Irishman. So you can't watch it all at once. You got to watch it in two or three days. But it was really good. So I'll, I'll just start here and just talk about um, Naito becoming the IWGP Heavyweight Champion over Okada. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, Josh, where we are in 2020. I respect Naito. I've been watching him for about five or six years and just watching his development. Um, right. As I call him, like, you know, uh, Japanese Orange Cassidy in that, you know, just doesn't seem to care, um, you know, just kind of going through life, walking slowly to the ring, that kind of thing. Right. But yeah. I, I just tell you, you know what, that was just one hell of a match. And it's... <clears throat> I guess I have to respect someone that's over with the crowd that can spit on his opponent and people cheer. That's where we are in 2020. Like, I don't like that. I think that's repugnant. But I can't take away from the action in the ring. He and Okada put on one hell of a match. Oh, absolutely. And Kevin Kelly says all the time, you could, for the people in the U.S. who are watching New Japan for the first time, you could look at his faction, um, LIJ, and... Kevin Kelly compares it to DX. DX did a lot of dashly things during the action there, but people still cheer for him. And people cheer for Shawn Michaels. Uh, I won't compare Knights to Shawn Michaels, but if you want, like, comparison of who's the leader of groups and how they act personally, that's the one I would make there. So, uh, Naito is a phenomenal wrestler. I'm, I'm very happy for him that he had the opportunity to win in the Tokyo Dome because uh, a couple years ago at a Wrestle Kingdom, he lost to Okada in the main event. So, this the journey of him still developing himself as a top wrestler and leading the faction. And now he's now the double champ. He has all the gold, pal. <laughs> and yeah. that match was phenomenal. There's not enough adjectives uh, to describe how fantastic Okada is as a wrestler, uh, especially when it comes to his title matches or any main event matches he has in general. Uh, it was awesome. Like It's, it's kind of hard for me sometimes looking back at these Wrestle Kingdom shows because he's like, okay, what match do you want to say is the match of the night? I know. What, what, what category <laughs> you want me to put it in? <laughs> No, you're so right about that because there's so many great matches. Uh, and I don't mean like great with a small G. I'm talking about a lot of these matches that we see could be main events. And so 
Um, you, you're totally right about that. And, and people people try to figure out, well, who is the, the wrestler of the past decade? It's hard to go against Okada for what he was able to provide for IWGP. I'm sure that this matchup will take place again between Okada and Naito, but that was great. By the way, <laughs> boy, I, I don't know how you were watching Naito, you know, just wrestle, just period. Loading up that Destino takes a while. It, it, yes, it's it a, I mean, it, it takes a lot to load up that thing and to be able to execute it because for for a finisher, it's not sudden like a Stone Cold Stunner. It's not, you know, it, it's not like some of these other finishers where it's like as soon as you hit it, you know it's over. It takes right. him a while. It's, um, you know, I thought that AJ Styles' uh, finisher took a little bit. But this thing, this whole Destino going over the top of your opponent and being able to execute that, that uh, it, it, takes, it takes a minute. But if he hits it, it's great. I always feel bad for Kevin Kelly when he has the Destino as a false finish. <laughs> I know. To the final bell. Destino! <laughs> Two count. <laughs> <laughs> and Gino's like... Damn it! <laughs> I told you it's gonna be a two count. I told you. I told you the two count, Kevin Kelly. Um, I, I I love that booth, by the way. You know that that is for me, Josh, the best three man booth in the business right now. Kevin Kelly. He, he, there's a way that Kevin Kelly presents it where it's not over-the-top commentary. It's almost like a reporter at ringside giving you the highlights of what's going on and telling the story. He doesn't overwhelm the broadcast with his play-by-play, which I'm a big fan of. Gambino's very good because it's a, it's a different voice in the booth with wrestling experience. And then Rocky Romero. Somehow, some way, they make that booth work where no one's stepping on one another and they're sitting right next to each other. So... It's it's a well oiled booth, as if they've been doing it for years, and I know they haven't. Absolutely, and let's say I was a pro wrestling play by play commentator, I patterned myself with a mixture of Kevin Kelly and Morrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's fantastic. I've always been a fan of Kevin Kelly's, even during his time at Ring of Honor, which I feel at times gets underappreciated when Ring of Honor was actually good. And Kevin Kelly was the voice for that company. And I know he's got more accolades now because of New Japan, and rightfully so. Um, I think Rocky Romero's done a fantastic job as a color commentator as well along the way. Um, Gino's a nice added mix as well because you get the, the beef with Bullet Club and Chaos. And Gino always thinks there's a conspiracy theory going on. <laughs> and then you got good factoids uh, for their stats and guru guy uh chris charlton yes uh at the booth as well so it, it's a fun group they got i don't know what the ring announcers are saying because i can't fully explain that in japanese but i even like them all of it's good it's it's a it's a good it, it's a production that works really well for me so I, i'm a big fan um some other things that stood out just Seeing uh, Jay White against Kota Ibushi, and and then going back to uh, Wrestle Kingdom one, watching uh, Jay White lose to Naito for the Intercontinental Championship. Okay, so I will tell you that 
Now, when I watch Jay White in these matches, now I understand why he's champion and why he's so over. He's one of the biggest heels in that company. I told you at the time, Josh, and I'll still stand by it. I just thought there was a lot. I felt that New Japan was trying to replace uh, Omega or AJ Styles or looking for that Gaijin heel too quickly, and I think they pushed him to the moon. But I I, I have settled in now watching Jay White um, because... He's a, a, he gets a reaction and obviously is a terrific wrestler. And I don't disagree where you come from that standpoint. I when it looks when it comes to talents, basically for me is what you do as a character, mm-hmm. where where the booky stuff is being too early or too late. That's not my concern because I'm not in the boardroom <laughs> per se. But yeah. I, I I enjoy what this guy does as a heel. He gets people legitimately pissed off. Uh, I could take a shot every time Kevin Kelly calls him a son of a bitch during the match. You know? <laughs> I, like, know. <laughs> I know. It's 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 great to watch what he does. Look at Zach Gibson in NXT UK. Uh, how, not example. Let's, let's bring up King Corbin. He may not be your favorite style of wrestler. He may not fit your criteria for what a pro wrestler or a main top guy is supposed to be. He may do some goofy stuff along the way. But you're, you're not supposed to like Baron Corbin. You're not supposed to like Zach Gibson. You're not supposed to like Jay White. That's why they're there. They do a great job. And, you know, <laughs> the crazy thing, the guy's not even 30 yet. Yeah. They mention all the time how young this guy is. And, He's fantastic. I love watching him wrestle. He's, he, if I had to say, I don't know if I put him in my top five, but he's definitely in the top ten of my favorite wrestlers in New Japan right now. Yeah, I can understand why. I mean, because of what you just said, doesn't that care about the crowd, gets a reaction from New Japan fans, so I, I totally get it. Uh, I will, I'll ask you, what do you think is your, your favorite match from Jay White for Wrestle Kingdom? Is it him losing the Intercontinental Championship uh, to Naito? Or his second match that he had uh, on that card when he took on Kota Ibushi? I will only say night one because night two is more of a consolation prize for both of those guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he, I think Ibushi had some type of injury going into that match as well, so I wasn't expecting to win night two. But there's so much story that was put into that match with Naito in night one and the emotion of the crowd. Uh, I almost got to the point where I thought Naito and JY had the best match of the show, and then <laughs> who knows, like an hour later Okada and Ibushi are tearing the house down too. Like like I, like I was mentioning earlier, it's so hard to pick out like what's the best thing of the show, but out of the two nights for JY, I'll say his match with Naito is the best, even in a loss, because what the the story they're telling in the ring with each other. You know who is one of my favorites in New Japan and we have not talked about him? I've never brought him up to you, not even off the air. You know, Josh, one of my favorite wrestlers at, at um, New Japan is Takahashi. Yes. Takahashi won the Junior Heavyweight Championship against Will Ospreay and also part of that tag team match. And we, we'll dig into Jushin Liger in just a moment. But you know what he is? He is, he's the next thing for New Japan. And I've been watching him for about four or five years. It's like he's Japanese John Morrison in a lot of ways. <laughs> because you look at the outfit and look at, like, the furry boots and all that and just the way he comes to the ring, it's like, okay, this is like, like, like top-of-the-line John Morrison 
when he the first time he's in the WWE. Um, that that's who he reminds me of. And his look, the hair, the tip, the, the frosted tips. He kind of reminds me of John there. But I I think I think he's a star. I think he's a star. Not that whether has a title or not. I just think that he's what's next in New Japan, and I look forward to seeing what he does. I thought his first match. Um, that I saw with him winning the championship, that that told me a lot of where he's going to be placed moving forward. And he's coming back from a really bad back injury that he suffered last year, and the fact that he's he put on the matches that he did the other night still kind of amazing the way because there was some there was some rumblings that his career was going to end actually, mm-hmm. and I'm glad he was able to come back. Um, what I appreciate the most about Takahashi. Not only for what he does as a character, but what he does in his matches, there's like a reckless abandonment, and it, it, it increases as the match goes on. Some of the bumps and the sequences this guy does, no matter who he's in the ring with, is absolutely insane. I will admit, uh, we were talking about uh, the transcription part of tra- uh, covering this show. Yeah. The hardest match for me to transcribe was Will Ospreay and Hiromu Takahashi. And I think that's probably the reason why it was my favorite match out of everything I saw the two nights. Uh, it's like you throw your hands up in the air. Like, wh- what's going on? How awesome <laughs> this is. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's very hard for me sometimes to bring that fan out of me. And that's why I appreciate Takahashi because, you know, I, I had to, like, I had to have tunnel vision when I'm transcribing shows. It's kind of different from you watching at home, and you can share your opinions as a fan hoodie, <laughs> like watching it as it goes on. I had to get these moved down and all this stuff for the website, and then it's like, man, he brings the fan out of me while transcribing these shows. So I, I love Hiromu, and he's fantastic. Um, some of the other guy jings that wrestled in Russell Kingdom. Um, I'll just throw up uh, the British Heavyweight Championship with Zack Sabre Jr. against yeah. Sonata. Um, I, I love watching Zack Sabre Jr. wrestle. I just think that he, he's great. I, I enjoy watching him. Um, the other Some of the other Americans or non-Japanese wrestling, St. John Moxley against Juice Robinson to retain John Moxley's United States Championship. And before that, night one, watching John Moxley take on Lance Archer. Yeah, some some of these some of these wrestlers are just made, man. They are made from yeah. this show, and like, no matter if that Moxley beat Archer for, in that uh, Texas Death Match, still match both wrestlers they're both went over. They're both over. They're both over, and that match was absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've mentioned this before here on Hooded Lopez. I prefer this presentation of John Moxley more in New Japan than what I'm seeing on AEW. Uh, I just feel New Japan is the environment for John Moxley. Everything that you want out of John Moxley and his character and what he does ring. His best fit for me personally is uh, New Japan. Uh, they had the rivalry going on last year with John Moxley and Juice Robson. That's why they had the third match on night two. Uh, the previous matches were John Maxime's debut uh, to tie off of Robson, all that fun stuff. But uh, Lance Archer was fantastic. You know, here's here's a comparison I have for Zack Sabre Jr. He reminds me a lot of Christian 
uh, back in the day uh, when he was throwing hissy fits and saying he wants one more match. Like, yes. From a heel point of view, I, I know Zack Sabre Jr. is far <laughs> exceptional wrestler when it comes to his submissions and all that fun stuff. Like He reminds me a lot of Christian of how he presents himself as a heel and being like, the ego guy. Um, that, his match was announced uh that was a lot of fun, and I think the cool thing about WrestleKing is that you do get some type of variety throughout the show, and it's not just uh, car crashes all the time. Uh, I love my brawling style matches with like with the Ishi or Evil, and then you get the uh, the fast pace speed with Takahashi and Osprey, Submission, Sonata, and Zack Sabre Jr. You get a variety with uh, Wrestle Kingdom shows. Uh, you know, just there's just this love I have for New Japan when I can see some wrestlers are like, you know what, I'm not re- I'm not going to the United States to wrestle. You know, I'm not going to be lost in the sauce in some big company. I'll just make my, my bones here in, in doing big shows like Wrestle Kingdom and others for New Japan. Just watching right. the Gorilla of Destiny, watching the growth of Juice Robinson, seeing David Finley, Fit Finley's son out there. Just being able to see some of these, these guys wrestle uh, Josh, it's it's kind of cool because they're so comfortable. You can see that they have gotten used to this style, and they're having fun out there. And I'm glad because they don't have to rush back to America just to you know be buried on a card or not really get over or not get a reaction from the American crowd. But goes to Japan and just like everything's big there, everything. And I appreciate the fans that go to these shows that they're not going into business for themselves. They play as big of a part as anybody else on this show because they're cheering the boot, uh, they're cheering the good guys, they're booing the bad guys. And it does help with the show. I do, I really do believe that. Um, the crowd's fantastic. It's just a fun company to watch. Uh, obviously, they don't have a weekly television show. That's that's why maybe more of their shows seem to resonate more with people because you don't have that overconsumption of their product. Uh, they spread out their special shows throughout the year, and it, it's fun. Anytime I get a chance to cover their tournaments, like the New Japan Cup is probably coming up in March or the G1. Uh, that's always a fun time. New Japan is just a fun company to watch, and they got fantastic wrestlers. If you haven't watched a New Japan Pro Wrestling show, give it a shot, especially Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know if you can pull off all two nights like we did. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but you know, here's the thing. I never got tired. That's good. No, I never got tired. See, that's that's that, there, there's me, the wrestling fan, right? Like I, right. I understood how both how long both shows were as I watched it on New Japan World, like you did. But it's like I never got tired of it. Though. I didn't say, "Oh my God, here's another twenty minute match, here's another fifteen minute match," because I didn't know the results. So I just watched it for what it was, I consumed what I could consume, come back and watch later. But I never was like, "Okay, this this match is." Real. I really enjoyed all of it. So I was, I didn't feel like I was like. You know, uh, torturing myself like some WrestleMania shows, where I'm just I just want to get to the main event. No, everything was good, everything. So um, I didn't ask you about. Oh, I gotta ask you about Jushin Thunder Liger. That's the that's the bottom line, because his retirement takes place. He and he takes the pinfall, um, and he does it the right way, knowing that he's gonna retire. You know, it, it all goes back to Brian Pillman versus Jushin Liger and reading about Liger in the magazines when I was a kid. Like, I, you see this guy in this, this 
mask and this outfit, and you're like, wow, this guy seems like he's the biggest thing in New Japan or the biggest thing in Japanese wrestling. But then when he wrestles in WCW, it's like, okay, this is great to see this guy out here. He's something special. And now that he retires, what what is your takeaway of Liger's career and the way New Japan handled everything uh, at New Year's Dash and also at Wrestle Kingdom? This is the first time I was actually able to see a retirement like angle go down in New Japan. Like I've been uh, following up with the product for the last five to six years, so I never. This is like the first time where they actually had a full on retirement going on and having his old friends come out and have the eight man tag team match they had in night one, which was cool. Uh, uh, friends and rivals in the past, yeah, that guy uh, Naiko Sano still moves around like a cruiserweight like mm-hmm. like what <laughs> uh, it, it was just a fantastic presentation I think they had the old school New Japan ring announcer introduced to Legends which was really nice uh, it was a fantastic uh, way to send Liger out he's definitely he's probably the greatest uh, junior heavyweight style wrestler of all time for what he does and uh, what I appreciate for Liger is that every time he came out you knew that he was a star and he was a legend for that promotion and uh, you can call him the Ricky Steamboat of New Japan you can call him whatever you want Liger's just a legend um, I maybe my, his impact on me is probably not as big as it is on you because you grew up watching Liger like the only comparison I could have is growing up watching Ray Mysterio wrestle um, but the way they said out and just like Monday morning, I'm like I'm not fully exhausted at this point, but like here we go, we gotta get New Year's Dash out of the way, and they start off the show with the retirement ceremony. I know, and, <laughs> I saw and, that. And, and, <laughs> and like it's it's nine thirty Chicago time when I'm trans- uh, transcribing New Year's Dash, and I'm like it's too early to cry, man. I'm not, I don't want to start my week crying, man. Dushin, my guys. It was it was really really special and emotional, uh, man. It, even if uh, you're not the biggest wrestling fan, or maybe you have some tough exterior to you, if you didn't have some type of goosebumps at least while that was going on, I don't know if you're human or not. All right, we move on to uh, NXT UK the takeover taking place in Blackpool, England. For yes. our our, um, our listeners in the UK, we are looking forward to this. As a matter of fact, Josh and I will have a review uh, of this show. But you and I, as NXT UK fans, we know how important this brand is. This will take place at 12 o'clock Eastern, 11 a.m. Central Time on Sunday, the 12th of January. Um, so, you know... Josh, obviously, we all are looking forward to seeing the United Kingdom champion, Walter, uh, of Imperium, taking on Gallus's Joe Coffey. Has Joe Coffey been built up enough for you to believe that he can beat Walter? I don't think so. I believe so, and I watched the uh, XUK prime target show that they just uh, dropped on the network yesterday Mm -hmm. for this upcoming event on Sunday and there's a big story going into this match Um, let's not forget this time last year Joe Coffey was at the main event of uh, Blackpool against Pete Dunne and that's where Walter made his debut Uh, uh, Joe Coffey mentioned it it was like uh, I'm already felt like an afterthought and, and they had this really cool story of uh, what's driving him to show that he is 
one of the top guys in the NXT brand, and he was talking about how much this match is much more than just a regular title match to him. Uh, we, I remember when we first were talking about the fact that Gallus and the pair were going to start feuding with each other. I got really excited because I think Joe Coffey is a fantastic wrestler and what he does. Well, is it a hundred percent obvious that Walter is going to win? I can't really say that. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. I'm not saying that Joe Coffey's going to win. I, 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 My bigger point is I wouldn't look at Joe Coffey as like, oh, okay, this is a 15-minute match for Walter, and then they just move on to the next thing. I guess my, my thought is is that, it, and I like Joe Coffey as well. I, there's no, I mean, I like the Coffey brothers. And I, like the, I like Wolfgang being part of that mix. I'm just saying that in order to for me to buy into Joe Coffey as a serious contender, for the United Kingdom Championship, I need Joe Coffey's signature singles victories. Signature. Like, like the build toward this. Like, you know, Joe Coffey beat this guy, this guy, this guy, and right. now here he is ready to take on Walter. Instead of, hey, this guy's from Gallus, so you know he's dangerous. He's Joe Coffey. Well, I need for him to beat. Uh, and I know he can. It just wasn't built that way for me. Right. And I was trying to look at the people on the roster who he could have had that match with. Like, maybe he should have had, like, a match with... Jordan Devlin? Jordan Devlin, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven. I, I can't say Trent Seven because he's already getting to the studio with Eddie, De- Eddie Dennis. Eddie so, Hello. <laughs> so, I, I get what you're saying from that. Um, yeah, I think Jordan Devlin probably been the best option there. But you know what I'm saying? Like, this, yeah. I, I'm not shitting on the match. I'm just saying, like, like I would love for Joe Coffey to have that a couple signature wins. Like, he's got more, you know, as we say in the WWE, he's got momentum going into the right. match against Walter. But it's going to be a fine match. I know it's going to be. Um, Kaylee Ray, Kaylee Ray takes on uh, Tony Storm <laughs> and Piper Niven for the UK Women's Championship. Um, that's going to be a terrific match. It's it's going to be great. As, as uh, Bianca Bell. I would say Tony Storm you don't even go here um so so that should be a lot of fun that was a blast in the past uh for those in high school and elementary school days even I heard that (laughs) you saw me tweet that right I thought that was hilarious you don't even go here I'm like wait a minute was this high school wait a minute Oh, Bianca Belair, you something else. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm excited for this match. Uh, these three ladies have history to each other. They're all former friends. Now they all hate each other. Yeah. You know about wrestling, man. Those, those belts will uh, bring out the worst out of people. That's right. <laughs> That's right. The biggest prize is the business, pal. That's right. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited for this match. I saw on Twitter that it looked like Katie Ray had some type of shoulder injury. No. Uh, uh, in their match, they had like a six-man tag team match on NXT, so we'll get into it later on. But um, I hope it's nothing too serious, but they said that Katie Ray should be ready to go on Sunday, so that's good. Um, there's a really personal track going here. Like, obviously, we know Katie Ray's the bad girl. She's going to stir the pot between... Tony Storm and Piper Niven. Here's my question to you: Would you want to see Tony Storm as a heel? Uh no, no, I don't. No, I would not. It could happen though, but I, I would not. I think she's white meat babyface. I right. mean, look, like like the 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 women 
fans love Tony Storm because she's a badass, and the guys love her because I mean, look at Tony Storm; she's a she's a great looking woman. So, right. so she, so to me, that means that she's a white meat baby face. I would not want her to be healed, but I mean, especially with Katie Ray on the other side, <laughs> like I mean, she is a quintessential heel. Look at her. <laughs> um, I, I think Piper Niven might get this one, hoodie. Really? If I, had, if I had to pick right now just for a surprise, because for me personally, I, I don't see a lot of titles changing on the show on Sunday. I don't. Uh, if there's one that I think is, has the biggest chance to change, it's this one. So I would go with Piper Niven to win this match. How about Tyler Bate? Tyler, Tyler Bate. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler Bate against Jordan Devlin. What? Well, look, this match, I have seen this match uh, on OTT. I've seen this match um, uh, all throughout the UK. And for them to wrestle here on, uh, on this Blackpool show, they're going to tear the house down. This is going to be the match of the night. Oh, absolutely. You want to look at some of the matches we were talking about earlier from Wrestle Kingdom. You can put this match up there as well. With those oh, matches. my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, you know, it's these type of matches that gets my, like, typing figures, like, excited. Uh, this match is going to be insane. Uh, I'm excited to see that. By the way, this little side note, I'm excited to see this venue, this Empress Ballroom they have at Blackpool's one of my favorite venues that they do wrestling shows out of. Yes. It's just, like, the acoustics in there, the way they, the crowds interact with that show is just fantastic. But going go back to this match, I'm excited for this. I actually did... This may be Tyler Bates' last match in NXT UK. So I think Tyler Bates could transition into NXT in the coming months, hoodie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to go with Jordan Devon to pick up to, for the upset, if you will. Yeah, that make, makes sense. Um, the NXT UK Tag Team Championships with uh, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang against uh, Partel and Eichner and the grizzled young veterans, veterans. Uh, <laughs> and, and Andrews and uh, Flash Morgan Webster in this four-way ladder match. Uh, I'm not happy with NXT. Uh, it's the only thing I'm disappointed in from the last show. We'll get into it. Just I didn't like the idea that um, my guys from NXT UK had even be in a matchup um, against uh, the Undisputed Era. That, you, didn't I, want them, you didn't want them in the tournament? No, no, I did not. Well, I didn't want them in that uh, champions against champions. Uh, Save that for something that was, special. That was an interesting pairing. And that's always kind of like the hardest things about tournaments. Like, man, you're going to put the champion versus champion against the, each other. In the first round? In the, right. like the first round, and, and again, as NXT UK mark, I don't want my guys losing. But but anyway, nonetheless. Um, so I, you know what? This this is gonna be fun. Um, I, I'm sure the grizzled young veterans don't want to be in a, a ladder match because they are the quintessential wrestlers. They shouldn't have to go up a ladder to get to win. I hope yeah. that they win. Um, and I but I think that uh, Coffee and Wolfgang have been very good uh, taking care of their faction with tag team championships but I think that this could be really really good because then you've got Webster and Andrews are going to be really fast trying to get up the ladder so they're the lightest of everyone else in this uh, four way ladder match so they should tear it down too yeah and I don't want to exclude um, Eichner and Bartell in this equation as well because there's something about the way these guys go about their matches and just, I, I think if you look at tag teams and when it comes to like timing and how 
And when it comes to having momentum as heel tag teams, I think Imperium is probably the best in the business right now besides Undisputed Era. It, it, the type of connection that Eichner and Bartell has as a tag team, and especially Drake and Gibson, I'm not saying they don't, but I think Imperium are definitely the wild cards in this match. And I'm, I'm very excited to see what they do in this particular match because I think there's an a, a, a aggression, a second gear that we haven't seen from Eichner and Bartell, and I think they can showcase it in this match. The ring is sacred. It is sacred, yes. <laughs> you, better, you better believe it, pal. The, 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 it is sacred. That's exactly what it is. And, of course, my favorite, Eddie Dennis. Hello, Eddie Dennis. He's my friend on Twitter now. I don't know if you've noticed this. Oh, he, really? He's my, he, yes, we, we, are, we are friends now. He likes when I talk about him on Twitter. Eddie, De- Eddie Dennis, I'm waiting for the evil to show up. Uh, as he takes on Trent Seven, it's a good solid match there. To, to I think to elevate Eddie Dennis, nobody loves to wrestle from underneath like Trent Seven. <laughs> he, he just, I mean, he, nobody takes a beating like Trent Seven in a match. Uh, so, damn it. I mean, nobody, Sell. nobody in the company does it like Trent Seven. He's like, you know what? Just beat me down. I, he's he loves being on the canvas. <laughs> it just it's amazing. So this is good. It's a good match for Eddie Dennis coming off the injury. The mat is definitely sacred for Trent Seven. Oh my god! Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Get up and, and fight somebody, for God's sakes! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> um, I'm I'm waiting for like Joseph Connors to pop out and invade the show because he keeps like, saying that he's takeover worthy. Can you just picture him uh, teaming up with Eddie Dennis? That's what you want. Yeah. Evil, right? An evil tag evil. team. Yeah, yes, an evil tag. So, so we don't get no, we don't get a no am dar on this show, huh? That's interesting, <laughs> say yeah. the least. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't have no dar against Legero in the kickoff show or something like that. Well, they, now, now you got something there. That's good booking. Now you yes, got it is. Man. I'll tell you, I'll, that you know that well. They'll no am dars, and I will stand by it. Is still one of the biggest heels in the company. <laughs> The whole company. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> the entire WWE. I mean, he, yeah, you have to watch NXT UK to understand how much of a heel this guy is. <laughs> yeah, people don't know. Like, like Noam Dar is one of the biggest heels in the company, and and he hasn't doesn't have a championship yet. He, I think he will. I think he's found his niche there. Um, I could take, by the way, Dragon Off Wolf three if if they want to put that out there in a kickoff show right. too. The, I I told you, I said this um, recently on a show. Dragonoff and Wolf is one of the best uh, TV matches of 2019. It was a I didn't expect to see what I saw, but that first match and the second match was good too. But that first match was one of the best TV matches I've seen from NXT UK. Well, if Jordan Devlin was the breakout star from last year, I think Dragonoff is the breakout star for this year. I agree with that. I agree with that. So, um, Josh and I, uh, next week, will break that show down uh, for those that are NXT UK uh, viewers and also for our uh, listeners that are listening to the show from the UK. We'll break that down because it'll be fun. Imperium's Volter goes head-to-head against Gallus's Joe Coffey for the United Kingdom Championship. We take a look at what happened in South Haven, Mississippi with AEW and in Orlando, Florida with NXT. Uh, we'll start with NXT. What uh, stood out about this matchup, all the matches on NXT, um, on the um, NXT show from Orlando? You know how we mentioned that uh, WWE could play, uh, pluck out certain wrestlers from different brands and 
they could show up whenever they want on XC. Sure. I didn't know they had the pick of the litter in a vault now, too. Like, Austin Theory's pop- popping out here. Uh, Shasi Blackheart, who's also their big uh, wrestler from a vault. Like, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> people from Progress are going to be showing up soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you get to choose whoever you want. I mean, I, I was I was surprised to see Austin Theory there. Um, but that's good for him. Uh, and beat a veteran like uh, Joaquin Wilde. That was good. <laughs> Chicago's own. <laughs> it's good to see him uh, out there. Yeah, it was. Uh, he's very talented. I like watching that dude wrestle. Um, I, I, I thought the show was pretty good from top to bottom. And obviously, they got a lot to build up because they got this World Collide show that's happening the night before the Royal Rumble. We got three matches already announced for this show, Hoodie. We got Imperium against Undisputed Era. That's going to be an eight-man tag team match. You have uh, Tony Storm against Rhea Ripley for the NXT title. They announced that yesterday. And they also announced Finn Balor against uh, Dragunov as a singles match. So wow. things are cooking up, my man, for Houston that we Wow. <laughs> you say Finn Balor against Dragunov? Yes, it is. Yes, sir. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> that is... Okay. That that steps Finn Balor back in class. He'll feel like he's in Japan in that match. Oh, man. You kidding? That match is going to be stiff. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, man. That's good stuff. I, I like that. Um, so what... Um, what else stood out? Like, I, I thought that um, Johnny Gargano's, um, his promo was fantastic. I think some look at Johnny and think he's a good promo guy. Um, that that promo, that he him going back and forth with Balor, uh, I thought that was fantastic. I, I love that. I, I really enjoyed that promo. Um, they're going to have a fantastic program uh, going into uh the takeover in Tampa Bay. Obviously, this is not going to be a one-off thing with Finn Balor and Johnny Gargano. So I'm excited to see where their feud goes. Here's one of the main takeaways I had from NXT the other night, and I don't know how you feel about this hoodie, but I think we saw the <laughs> the match of the Forgotten Son's life. Uh, <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> maybe it took Eichner and Barthel to bring it out of them, but Wesley Blake was. Uh, you talk about getting guys and having second gears. That guy was in full goal in that match. Holy shit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're so right. Like, like, I know the Forgotten Sons feels like, oh, we're being buried again. We lost against the Imperium. No, that was a win for you. That, that, again,. People will look at it and say, you know, there's some things that are missed here or there, or maybe did. No, I thought uh, I thought that was very well done. I thought that that that's exactly what the Forgotten Sons needed, even in a loss, to take on someone experienced like Eichner and Bartel. That's that's very well done. Yeah, and uh, here's another thing from um, actually that really stood out to me. I really liked the promos that Tommaso Ciampa had throughout the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're having a vignette where he's talking about he needs to get his life back and uh, what Adam Cole took from him, though he didn't lose the title. He, he was forced to relinquish the title. I really like that stuff from Tommaso Ciampa. It was nice to, uh, like we said, we saw Austerius, I see him. I really enjoyed the Undisputed Aaron Gauss match. He, despite the loss, it was a fantastic match that you can see on any pay-per-view around the world. It was fantastic to watch that match. And then um, we saw the a little pairing going on here with Chelsea Green and uh, Robbie E from TNA. <laughs> I don't know where that's going, 
Uh, I, I don't know if he has like some big HC where he's bringing out more people. Maybe he'll bring out the Outliers tag team that's been popping up on NXT UK recently. It looks like a, a tag team that he would represent. Well, what did you think about that with uh, Chelsea Green attacking me and him? Well, it just reminded me how much I love Chelsea Green. Oh my god! Oh, oh. She, what about me and him though? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> me, 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 who? Um, <laughs> no, 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 Chelsea Green was just, she looked fantastic. But you know, in 2020, old ideas are new again, right? Right. Robbie E. in those, and I saw the uh, the video promo of him. He talks about how I wrestled for a long time, and in which is true. And now he has, he wants to be able to make stars. And so it, it's almost something that, that you probably would have done in the 90s, you know, with, you know, show me the money during that time where you had those agent movies. But it's perfect for 2020. Robbie E. as an agent, uh, almost like a sport, not a manager, like a sports agent or, or agent to the stars. He's got to look for that. Because, you know, this New Jersey, fast-talking, slick-looking, uh, kind of that slick look. It's it's Triple H bringing back the manager, but on in a different presentation. I right. think that's fantastic. Yeah, the over-the-top, over overbearing glasses, the slick hair, the, <laughs> the, the pants that don't go all the way down, like that Florida right. look. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. That's what you want. You know why? Because old ideas are new again. That's what you want right there. That's right. fantastic. I love that. Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm happy for him because I know he had, like, the whole Jersey Shore gimmick and stuff when he was in uh, Impact, and there's only so much you could get out of that type of character. But he's a talented performer. He's good on the mic. I thought he was good for what he did in the ring as well. I actually had a, a chance to interview Robbie a few years back. Uh, pretty cool dude. Yeah. yeah, he's a really good dude, and um, he's getting the opportunity to get more time on TV. Same thing for Chelsea Green now. Mm. And by the way, where's where's Malcolm Bivens at? I need my Stokely Hathaway. Yeah, <laughs> we're bringing our managers back. <laughs> yeah, like like you see all the stuff on the video pad, like on on dot com. Let's put them on yeah. TV. Let's go. You know, no, I, 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 hilarious. I, I I agree with you, but that's what you want, Josh. Yes. Damn it! Bring, bring, you know, have you, know, you can make you can have managers and, and put them in a different way and different presentation. That's that can last for a decade if they wanted to. That's, that's great. Um, I'm still, I'm you look, you look at the heart. Uh, you look at Jimmy Hart. You look at the brain. Uh, you know, you know, you never have to be associated with just one wrestler to be a manager. You can, it can go throughout the rest of the show. So pissed off that Undisputed Era took on Gallus. That was it's nonsense. That that match should not have taken place as a first round match in the tag team class. Yes, yes, should both teams be in that Dusty Rose classic? Yeah, fine. Don't yeah. beat Gallus. Don't do that. Now, now, like if you're UK fans, like, well, is Gallus is good, but they're not as good as Undisputed Era. So how am I supposed to feel? I don't want to see that. Not 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 in the first round. You could have got around that where those two teams shouldn't have had to right. face each other. Come on. You save that for for when worlds collide. You don't have to have an eight man either. Yeah, that, you can add that that as a tag team uh, turmoil match. Pissed me off. Didn't have to <laughs> beat Gallus like that. Bury my my tag team. Wolfgang. Wolfgang deserves better. Oh. 
We do move now to eight. It's the it's the it's the it is the worst howl in the history of wrestling. <laughs> it's, it's Wolfgang. I mean, you're Wolfgang. It should be a better how. I mean, Sting has a better one. Sting's sixty. I mean, come on. Oh my god. It's the worst. It's, the worst. it's like one of those wolves in the Twilight movies, right? I mean, it's the it's the weakest howl in the history of the business. Like, like oh, it's like, like an old. That's an old wolf. Apparently, doesn't have much teeth to him. Yeah, as an oxygen max <laughs> You see, it's like, what, what's wrong with Wolfgang? Anyway, we move it out to South Haven, Mississippi, where AEW had their show. Um, uh, as they were celebrating the legends of Memphis, it, it's such a, a, a weird thing when you are talking about Memphis. I understand that Memphis and South Haven, Mississippi, it's about 30 minutes away. I believe between the two cities, but like apparently AEW could not be in Memphis, so they went to South Haven, Mississippi, which is the closest spot because there is no the Mid South Coliseum was closed, and you know the more the Memphis Tigers play, I guess that's that's not available, so they went to South Haven. It was just kind of a weird uh, a square peg in a round hole in some ways when you start to show with Dave Brown and Dave actually becomes the best commentator in the first match. It's kind of weird. Yeah, uh, it's like, it's like, yeah just, just like Taz last week. <laughs> Dave said more with less than anybody else that was on that card um, uh, uh, on the booth. Uh, but, um, you know, I thought that there were some things that, that I really liked. And it's, once again, it's AEW just trying to figure things out. It is just, right. it's never going to be perfect. I, I'll, I'll start here in a spot you think I would start. I'll go to Sammy Guevara against Chris Daniels. This is, you can see this on AEW and you see this with NXT. There are veteran wrestlers that are putting over young talent because the young talent is the future. We see this on both shows. Sammy Guevara beating Christopher Daniels, and even though the storyline is Chris Daniels has lost a step, uh, Chris Daniels has lost a step, and actually more than a step, but not where it's horrible, not where it's embarrassing, but we've seen Christopher Daniels when he was in his prime. But the win for Sammy Guevara, no matter what you thought of it, just the idea that he's winning a match, that's good for the future for AEW. It's good for uh, the future of AEW, not only for a roster, but just for their TV show. Those are the type of matches you want on TV every week, where you're benefiting both superstars, uh, both, both, both wrestlers, I'm sorry about that. You're benefiting both wrestlers <laughs> are on this show, and uh, <laughs> Josh C. Pritchard just came out on uh, that. <laughs> well, you uh, know. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed this match. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh they're still building up to speak with uh, Christopher Daniels and Pentagon and uh, pe- uh, people poking fun at him for botching the Arabian uh, press or moonsault, whatever the hell Excalibur wants to call it this week. I, 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 I got to get this off my chest, Hoodie, and I apologize in advance. This is not uh, opinions of John DeHood. <laughs> this is strictly of my own. I need Excalibur to make up his mind of what ways he wants to describe certain moves. You can't tell me one week is a spinning heel kick, and then the next second, what? what? Right. <laughs> you're throwing me off, dude. Right. I get it. You're the commentator. You're the main guys behind PWG. All due respect, I understand that, but 
just for you to pump up your chest that you can come up with these fancy terms for simple wrestling moves doesn't make you a good announcer. I know. <laughs> come on, man. You're not going to get a fight from me on that. Not gonna get a fight from me. It's, it's, I, I, lo- I love how Brandy was on concert. She's like, "Oh, you're asking me why do I cut people's hairs off? Why does Excalibur wear a mask?" Yeah, and, <laughs> I, and how, how about for the first time in, in 13 weeks, we get an answer of why he wears a mask? Right. <laughs> it took all the. It took Brandy to get that out of him. Like, why do you wear a mask? Because I love l- the luchadors. And I used to wrestle. Oh, bravo. Bravo. You finally get that out after 13 weeks of television. Thank you so much for telling us. It's so weird. It's, it's just, that booth, I swear. I mean, you talk about what, what that booth needs. It needs dynamite. That's for sure. Um, to fix yeah. it. Uh, Omega. I, I, go ahead. I, just hope, I hope that we don't. I hope that the fans in the AEW uh, that go to these shows, I hope it doesn't have a uh, feel like the impact zone. Because <laughs> yeah. if you have a string of bad shows, it become the dynamite zone. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the the Omega and Han- Hangman Page against Private Party match again. It's something. Yeah. It's just this match was for Private Party to try to get yeah. them in, in more of an semblance of a, a good tag team, different styles there, and still the Page versus Omega thing. I think that's brewing to the surface still. Here's my thing. I, I really enjoyed that match. I just think the premise of them having to fight each other just because uh, Paige had an argument with Private Party in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. Really like, okay, we had a little disagreement in the bar. Let's bring out Kenny Omega. <laughs> he can solve all the problems. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I, so you, you, you saw three things. You got the issues going on with Hangman Page. He doesn't know what's wrong with him. Uh, personally, you got uh, you got Pac involved after the match. Silver keeps attacking Michael Nakazawa. He still wants his rematch with Omega, and then, like you said, they benefited Private Party as well. So you saw three birds in one stone. So that was cool. Here's my question: uh-huh. If if and I don't know if it was if this is the case, if Hangman Page is disgruntled with his spot or his issues with AEW, is he still a babyface? Or is he turning heel? Because when you're drinking other fans' beer, that's a babyface move. If he's disgruntled, yes, if he's disgruntled, <laughs> shouldn't he be just walking to the back? Just asking. That is a good question. And I have the, you know, everybody talks about the Nightmare Collective. I have the nightmare, and this may be a reality, that Hangman Page has joined the Dark Order sooner or later. And I don't want no part of that. <laughs> Yeah, you could do better than that. I think that the Dark Order is great if it's on AW Dark. Don't you get it? That should be their show, right? <laughs> the, the, the actual Dark before AW Dark. Right, right. You, 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 you can run that the whole show. <laughs> like, like, that's a good spot for them. Like, yeah, you, you know what? Take over AW on Dark. Perfect. Right. You know, it, yeah, it's just, you know, the NWO Nitro, okay? So, AEW Dark Order, that's your show. Spray painted on there, that's your that's your show. The pre-show, your show. It's all yours. Yeah, Alex Reynolds and John Silver in a 30-minute Iron Man match. <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think we found a niche for them. <laughs> so, um, you know what surprised me? It surprised me that the Rose Brothers beat the Lucha Brothers. 
I didn't, I, that surprised me because you could see the, the kind of body language from the Luchas. They were like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> right. like, like, oh, we're so much better than this, but we got to slow down. We got to slow down our style for the Rose Brothers to catch up. Like, okay. Yeah. It's like, ah. Uh, I'd like to see that match five more times to see if Lucha would continue to wrestle that way. <laughs> I, think, I think if you wrestle, if you put them on the road, Lucha would be like, okay, you have to wrestle our style now. You got to step up. You need to give it to, get it, put it in gear three, gear four. We're not going to slow down for you. Lucha Brothers slowed down for the Rhodes Brothers and lost the match. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, they don't want Dustin to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So, but you know, that right the speed of the match yeah. was was completely was considerably slower because of the roads i think in that match well i think that's also something i noticed from every cody rose match even if even the matches he had with darby allen yeah i know darby allen moves like sock to hedgehog but the match they had last week their story being told it wasn't all fast facing the entire time so not as much as dust i think cody plays part of that too because i think that's probably what separates him as opposed to the other guys in the elite like the young bugs and everybody else that wants to go 100 miles per hour um here's my thing like i was watching i, th- I thought last week's time i to kick off the new year in jacksonville was really cool they had the great environment in Davis space we didn't have a chance to talk about it obviously a hoodie last week so like i i see that he has art anderson as a coach yep but is that supposed to make cody now a heel because art basically cost darby allen the match last week with the, with the knee? Calling for the knee? Yeah. <laughs> Watch the knees, pal. Watch the knees. And then this week, Arn's cutting off Tony Schiavone's, like, we'll have your decision soon. Like, I, I don't know where this is going. Is this supposed to make Cody more of an edge or uh, get him to become a bad guy? I don't, I don't get the pairing. I really don't. Well, here, here's what's going to happen here in 2020. So Cody uh, is doing what his dad would have done. And if you look at Dusty Rhodes over the years, uh, especially in the NWA, in the mid-80s to, uh, I would say, the early 90s. Let's, let's, okay. let's, let's put it in the mid-80s. Let's talk about Mid-Atlantic and talk about Jim Crocker promotions. One thing Dusty always needed was to have people around him. Always, always have people around him. Always have friends around him. Hey, you know what? I need Magnum TA. Hey, I need the Rock and Roll Express. Hey, I need all these guys around me because we're a force. You know, I need yeah. Dick Murdoch around me. Same thing with Cody Rhodes. Because of everything that's gone on with Cody and in 2019, he needs to have guys around him so he trusts his brother. He doesn't trust MJF because MJF turned on him. So now right. he's building his own, you know, kind of guys around him that he can trust. And now Arn is his coach. Now, what will happen is is that Arn is going to turn on Cody, and Arn will and Arn will be along with MJF or do something else. But here's the question, though. Here's the thing: when Arn turns on Cody, and it's going to happen sooner than later, what's Arn going to do about it? Right. And what's Cody going to do about it with Arn? Right. Because because the whole thing with the roads. Remember this, Josh. Always is I, I'm the biggest baby face in the company, or one of the biggest baby faces in the company. And if I get turned on, it's huge because I have so much trust in my inner circle to use that phrase. That when someone takes takes me on and turns on me, it's huge. 
when MJF turned on Cody, we knew it was coming, but when it happened, it's like, oh my God, you turned on the biggest baby face in the company. What did Cody do to you? So same thing here. When Arn turns on Cody, wh- wh- where's the match? Because <laughs> right. it's not going to happen. <laughs> you see? see what, what's Arn, what's Arn, what's Arn going to do? Rip Cody on his podcast? Like, <laughs> Right, right. See? That's the point. Like, But always remember, whoever gets close to Cody is going to turn on Cody. Just like whoever gets close to Dusty is going to turn on Dusty. If Magnum right. TA didn't have the motorcycle accident, Magnum would have turned on Dusty. I guarantee you that. It would have been like, it might have been like an 88... 89 if if Magnum would have stayed or if Dusty would have stayed but anyone that get close to Dust to uh, Cody will turn on him and that and that's the whole point of it that, that's the point of this same thing Here's what I want to mention about AEW. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Sometimes they get a vibe where it's like you're having recess and you're about to have this big kickball tournament right mm-hmm. and you have three or four different teams as a constant trying to pick out who's who's going to be recruited for this team, who's being recruited for that team, <laughs> who's being recruited for the other team. Like, Hoodie, have you made up your mind uh, which group you're going to be joining for AEW? Huh? Yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's too many factions. It's not too many factions, too many uh, uh, kind of um, dark factions. That That's the whole thing. Like, what, what Brandy's doing and what the Dark Order's doing is the same. That was bad this week. Yeah. That was really bad. Yeah. Um, because because now with Riho Riho um, and the, the AEW Women's Championship against Chris Statlander, like that, I didn't have a problem with that match. It's just that everything that was yeah. around it, what, what was around it, was just like you know, uh, Sheeta's at ringside and Brett Baker's at ringside, and here you know here comes here comes Brandy Rhodes, and then her faction comes. It, like it was a lot. It was a lot. The group is just not good. Like, <laughs> I know the group is called uh, Nightmare Collective, but sometimes I feel like it's collecting like piles of TV shit. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good TV. I. It, it's got to the point where I prefer the character that also played in Glow instead of what she's doing right now in AEW. It's that bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Cobb was a heel. <laughs> Actually, she was a tweener character in Glow, but anyway, it's like, it's not good. Uh, Okay, you want to give a spotlight for Melanie Cruz being one of the new wrestlers on the roster? Cool, that's fine. Uh, Obviously, Brandon Rose is going to be part of the show one way or another, kind of like Stephanie McMahon, but it's not good TV. I don't know. What it, it's not helping the women's division. Uh, I thought Rio and Statlander had a good match. I agree with you there. That was a pretty good match. It wasn't off the world or anything like that, but it, it was fine. Uh, but uh, this is not helping the division, and I don't know where it's going. <laughs> and then you got this guy crawling out the ring like Anthony Hopkins. They call him Dr. Luther. I guess that's what his name is. Uh, it's just bad, Hoodie. Bad. Yeah, I don't want- bad. Yeah, it's bad. I'm not a big fan. But here's why AEW continues to get over with a lot of uh, the audience. It's, it's some of the fast action, obviously, uh, but also mm-hmm. it's the promo work. MJF getting in the face of, uh, of DDP was right. fun. That was a lot of fun to see. Uh, right. And, Nothing like DDP plugging his Instagram and Twitter uh, in the same promo. But um, uh, you have that. And then on top of that, you have 
uh, Chris Jericho and that uh, and going against John Moxley. Moxley right. was going to be part of the inner circle. It seemed like he was going to work, and then all of a sudden, uh, Moxley turns on Jericho. It's exactly what you wanted. It got the fans. They popped the fans. They were against Moxley, and then they cheered Moxley. Uh, both were, I think, very excellent for AEW. Uh, I, I love the Moxie Jericho segment. Um, anybody watching knew what was going to happen before the show went off air. And that's why I say a lot when it comes to these rest shows, you can't assume what's gonna, how a segment's going to end until you actually have the segment end <laughs> or at that final part of the show before the closing uh, credits come out. That, that was fantastic. The crowd was calling. They, they bought a hook, line, and sinker. It's still real. The still real, uh, to me, crowd was in uh, South Haven, Mississippi this week. They're like, they're calling Moxley a sellout, hoodie. <laughs> what? That's so great. <laughs> how, how about this, though? It took QT Marshall mm-hmm. for MJF to run out of the ring. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I know. They're, they're putting him over like he's going to be a future champion. <laughs> yeah, everybody go see Jesse Rogers at Best Beach yeah, next week. It's so it's so good, <laughs> so good. So I, 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 you know, AEW once again. I thought you know, and again, I enjoyed both shows on Wednesday. Um, yeah, I just mm-hmm. thought NXT is going places, and they've got some big things and big shows coming up, which I'm looking forward to. And then from from AEW standpoint, the promos were good. I think. Omega and Paige against Private Party probably probably was the best match that I saw. Um, the, the, the Jurassic Express is always good against the best friends in Orange Cassidy. Just a good to see uh, Cassidy in the ring doing something. He, they're, just, they're only giving you a little taste, though, of Orange Cassidy. Yeah, or I like I like Orange Cassidy. Uh, the only exception I have is Marco Sutton. I've already <laughs> made my point on that. Yeah. Um, my, my favorite match uh, this week for TV was the Fatal 4-Way uh, main event from NXT with uh, Damian Priest, Dijakovic, uh, Keith Lee, and Cameron Grimes. Uh, that, that match was fantastic. Um, obviously, maybe it seems predictable that Keith Lee was going to win, but I thought that benefited Cameron Grimes a lot. Uh, having him showcase as much as he was in that match, so the four-way match from uh, NXT is my favorite this week. Yeah, I agree with you. On the on NXT side, I would agree also. Um, Grizzly Magnum with the victory. Uh, I did not know if Keith Lee was going to win that match. I wasn't. I, it was not obvious to me, and maybe because I was suspending disbelief, which I normally do with wrestling. I just like I did, I wasn't sure if Keith Lee was going to win that. But I know he's hot. I know McMahon likes him, yeah. so yeah. I wasn't sure. But uh, you know what? All, all those guys, eh, Dijakovic could have been better. Uh, but, but, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he was, I think he got kind of lost in that match, quite frankly. But you, the you, other three were very good. You agree with this. It's always good to watch shows without having preconceived notions. You know? Yeah, yeah. I it, think, it's cool to watch the show for what it is. Yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought both shows really brought something. And the, mm-hmm. the one thing I'm taking away from the Wednesday Night Wars is the young talent. Yes, that's what because that, that, now I'm looking to see who's going to be next, and that's why when I see um, Mia Yim, and I still love you, Mia, because um, uh, <laughs> I know she might be listening. By God, um, when, I, when I when I see that, you know, and that in in her matchup, you know, people think it's filler. 
But now we're just trying to figure out like what's next. And when she's taking on a Kate and Carter, it's just a contenders match. It's just putting young talent out there. When we saw Austin out there. Right. That you know, that's good. When we see Sammy Guevara on AEW, when uh, young talent out there, when we see Statlander out there, this is young talent to see what's next. That's I'm very interested in that always. Yeah, I, I enjoyed both shows this week. The only two things I didn't like from AEW was the nightmare stuff and MGF running away from QT Marshall. <laughs> that, that was a small part. Um, is the thing like I was looking at the pairing for MGF and um, Wardlow, right? Wardlow reminds me of Sean O'Hare. Oh, it's about, about, it a little bit about about how big he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the man bun, as uh, our DDP said. The man bun. <laughs> so funny. QT Marshall will be in there in a tag team match in Miami. And by the way, I didn't see the official attendance. I got to go back and look. But just mm-hmm. but here here's what AEW. They're not going to sell out every building on, on right. Wednesdays. But you know what? They're getting some really great crowds for a mm-hmm. Wednesday night. So there there's a buzz there. And with NXT, I'm not sure how long that they'll be in full sale. They still have a contract, I think, through... March or April, they might get on the road as well, so it makes it even more exciting for more viewers to watch it live. Well, it's not people uh, sitting on their hands like a um, Ring of Bonner show, you know? Oh. <laughs> so, it, uh, it's cool. Either way, like, I, the full sale crowd still finds a way to get excited, you know? I, sometimes I wonder if the NXT crowd wants to be quiet just so they can hear Barl do commentary. Because he talks so loud, like can you picture going to an event and full saying you can actually hear Marl do commentary? It's kind of cool. <laughs> that was, that's what happens. You do a show on a soundstage, <laughs> like right. so. That oh, that is that is really cool. So, um, so next time we talk, sir, we're gonna review NXT uh, UK Blackpool. That's gonna be an exclusive podcast for our uh, NXT UK fans and and fans of the UK. So that'll be fun for us to review. Yes, sir. It's going to be a fantastic uh, pay-per-view this Sunday. Don't forget, for those who have nothing to do on a Sunday night, though, make sure to check out Impact Wrestling, Hard to Kill. They got a good lineup for that show in Dallas this Sunday as well. Oh, that's right. Oh, that so that's Tessa uh, against Sammy Callahan. Yes, sir. Oh, God. That makes me so squeamish. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be for the fate of heart. Oh, God. <laughs> you need to talk to me about this on another episode. I don't know I how will. to feel. I can't. That's hard to watch. I don't want to. No, I'm serious. Like, man, no, I guess woman wrestling. I, I got a hard time with this, man. I like, ah. I know that it's going to be a great match, and yes, I'll watch, but God, that's hard. That's difficult. All right. Don't forget to go to ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com, and Dr. Lopez will talk to me about this next week and tell me why it's okay to watch <laughs> watch this type of wrestling, uh, man versus women violence in wrestling. He'll, he'll explain that to me. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT, and Josh and I will join you next week, another edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Hood and Lopez right here. Wherever you download your podcast, it's Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday.